Welcome to my homestead, y'all. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl. I'm working to create a home with a little farm, a little faith, a lot of food, and a bit of funky. I'm learning all about growing and preserving our food supply, raising chickens and children, and becoming more self-sufficient while leaning hard on Jesus. And I want to take you along for the ride. So grab yourself a cup of something wonderful, and let's visit a while. Hey y'all, you're listening to the Funky Farm Girl podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl, and this is episode 63. Every bit counts. This week, I want to let you know more about the Every Bit Counts Challenge, and I want to talk to you about different ways that you can work on stocking up your food supply for the coming months, like I am in this challenge. And I also want to tell you about why I really think you need to consider doing it, even if you haven't started yet. So before that, let's get into our listener shout out for this week. Um, I got an email from Amanda about our essential oil episodes, um, episodes 60 and 61. And also there's another essential oil episode way back at the beginning at episode 11. So if you haven't checked those out and you're interested in learning more about essential oils, be sure to listen to those three episodes, 60, 61, and 11. So I got an email from Amanda that says, hey, binging the podcast. For a while now, I've been interested in getting into essential oils and maybe making my own lip balms, lotions, and bath goodies, as well as learning how to heal ailments with oils and herbs. But I wasn't sure where I should start. I was so happy when you mentioned Simply Earth. I'm waiting for my first box to arrive. Just wanted to tell you I love the podcast. You're doing a great job. Thanks so much for your email, Amanda. It really means a lot to me to hear that what I'm bringing to you each week is something that's really something that you need and you're learning from. I'm so excited for you to get your first box from Simply Earth. For those of you who are not familiar with the company, Simply Earth is an essential oil company that has a subscription box that is delivered on a monthly basis. Each month you receive four oils plus recipe cards and the supplies that you need to make those recipes so that you actually learn to use the oils that you're getting and they don't just sit on a shelf. So if you're interested in finding out more about Simply Earth, you can click the referral link in the show notes. Um, I do get a small discount on my next order whenever you do that, but you receive a discount as well. And I just really want to say thank you to those of you who have used referral links in the past. Those types of things are things that really make it more affordable for me to continue running this podcast. So thanks for the way you support the Funky Farm Girl in that. So this week I wanted to tell you about the Every Bit Counts Challenge. Uh, And really what it is, is it is a focus on stocking up food for the coming months. Um, One thing, at least every day, 
in the month of August. Now, way back in episode 18, I did a video, I did a podcast episode on stocking up that really gives you a general overview on why and how I stock food in general for my family. It's something that I've done for a long time. Um, it has served us really well and um, has been really helpful in a lot of situations, including when COVID hit last year and we had to shut down. We were more prepared than most people were for that. Um, so really encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. But for this episode, I really want to talk specifically about the Every Bit Counts Challenge. What that is, why I think you should be participating, and how you can do that, even if you don't have a farm or a homestead. So, the Every Bit Count Challenge was started by Three Rivers Homestead last August. So, this is her second year doing this challenge, and um, basically everybody is preserving something every day of August and they're posting about it on Instagram either in their stories or in their regular feed and they're using the hashtag every bit counts challenge and basically they're wanting to set aside food from the bounty of this season to enjoy during the colder less bountiful months of the year and you can do this even if you didn't grow the food yourself there's lots of different ways um, that we can do that. And that's why it's one of the reasons I want to talk about this on today's episode. You can use the little bit that you do grow, even the little tiny bits that you think don't really matter much. They do. Um, and then you can also add in other ways to increase your food storage. And when you take a month to really be purposeful about that, um, during the most bounteous month of the year, um, it really does add up and make a difference. So I'll be giving you lots of examples of that as we go through this episode. So there are four things I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about what are you growing? What fresh food can you buy in bulk? How do you preserve everything? And what else can you stock up on? Okay, so we're going to go through these four points and talk through each of them to just give you a better idea of how you can utilize this challenge for the month of August. Okay, so first of all, what are you growing? Think about even if you don't have a big garden, even if all you have is stuff in containers, maybe you didn't even plant a garden and you just have some landscaping things around. You may be surprised that there are actually some things that you can preserve. So let's talk through some of those things. First of all, what about herbs? Did you plant any herbs this year? Do you have any perennial herbs around your yard? Um, do you have things like mint or basil or lemon balm or oregano, thyme, sage, any of those types of things? Or chamomile, do you have any um anything like that that you can pick it and dry it and then put that in a jar and save it to use throughout the year it's very very easy to dry herbs a lot of people will just take the bunches of them and tie them and hang them upside down to dry I don't really have a place to do that and don't prefer to do it that way 
I tend to either lay mine out on plates that I put in the hanging shelves in front of my window or I will put them in little groups on a cookie sheet and put it in the dashboard of my van on a sunny day and believe me July and August have plenty of sunny days to do that and so I will put them out there and I'll let them dry if I put them out there pretty early in the morning um, by mid-morning by the end of the day they're they're done they're crispy and they're ready to come inside and be put into the jars for storage so herbs pretty much everybody has maybe at least one herb that they could do that with maybe you even just have a giant rosemary bush okay so number two would be veggies did you grow any vegetables this year and you're thinking maybe well yeah I grew some some peas but I only got like a little handful every day or I have cherry tomatoes but I only get like three or four a day or I only have a couple green beans or I get one or two pickles a day um honestly this is a problem that I had last year and I learned from the every bit counts challenge how to preserve even those amounts so for things like okra in my purple hole piece for example I keep a bag in my freezer and every day when I go and pick I bring that part in and I shell those purple hole peas and I slice the okra and I drop it into the baggie with the rest of them that I've been doing over the course of the last month and a half um, I have filled two gallon bags full of okra over the course of the last two weeks of doing purple whole peas I've already filled one quart bag completely and have already started on another and I'm about halfway done with it so it really does add up a little handful every day will add up so you can do that with cherry tomatoes and you can just drop them into a freezer bag um, or you could do that with um, green beans and things like that you might want to blanch them first but just being able to take your fresh produce and storing it away to freeze um, with something like pickles you could keep them in a bag in the refrigerator until you get enough to make refrigerator pickles and honestly even to make just one jar of refrigerator pickles you only need about three cucumbers so you could easily make the brine keep it in a jug in your refrigerator slice the cucumbers as you bring them in fill up a jar pour the brine over let it sit for 24 48 hours and then you have pickles so it's really easy to start thinking through different ways you can have small amounts of food that add up over time another thing that you maybe are growing are you growing pumpkins or winter squash those are very very easy to preserve for the winter because all you have to do is pick them when the time is ripe let them cure outside so that the outer shell is hard um, and it's sealed up um, and then you bring them inside and you can store them in a cooler darker place like a pantry um, for several months before um, they start to go bad so that is definitely an easy easy thing that as long as you've cured it and let it dry it out outside 
um, then it's perfectly fine to just be put away um, and pull it out when you need it. Flowers. How many of you have flowers in your yard? Anything from chamomile, which can be, you can pick the flower heads off and dry it for tea. Pansies can be done the same way. Um, and you can dry that for tea. And it honestly makes a beautiful tea. Um, gives you a little taste of spring in the middle of a dark winter. It's wonderful. Um, calendula can be um, picked and you can either dry those heads for tea or you can take and make an oil infused with them and um, let that sit in a window for about six weeks in a jar and then strain out the flowers and use that oil to make a salve for winter skin or eczema or rashes and things like that. Flowers are really, really easy to dry and put in tea. Um, or you can even do things like nasturtium flowers can be used for tea. Or you can soak them in vinegar and make a nasturtium vinegar that you use for salad dressings. Um, you can also just take your flower heads, dry them out, and harvest the seeds from them. Then you have seeds to plant next year without having to buy them. Um, I had a friend, uh, homes Homespun Homestead, um, actually sent me a video yesterday to show me how to harvest my zinnia seeds. So I'm really excited to do that. And she's sending me some, so I will know what they look like and... Um, we'll have a few that I can get started with. On top of all of these things, do you have any fruits and berries growing on your property? Maybe you have a couple blackberry bushes or an apple tree in your yard. Any of those fruits can be harvested in either canned or frozen or made into jam and jelly. Apples can be made into all kinds of things like applesauce, apple butter. Um, you could even dehydrate the apple slices in an oven or a dehydrator to add to different things like oatmeal and trail mix and just snack on them. So lots of different things that you may be growing already that you could be preserving, even if you don't have a large harvest. You can still preserve a little bit every day. So, other than the things you're growing, or maybe you're not growing anything. Maybe you have a few flowers you could maybe save for tea. And other than that, you're, you're pretty much out of options when it comes to things at home. So, what about fresh food? What can you buy fresh in bulk? Um, where we live, we have local farms and farmers markets that we can order a half bushel of cucumbers or a bushel of peaches or um, where I live you can get a 20 pound box of canning tomatoes for about $25. Um, even consider things like orchards. Um, you pick orchards and farms grocery stores, things like that, um, where maybe, I don't know about you, but my grocery store has marked down produce on a cart over to the side, and 
I will regularly go over there and see what kinds of things are on there. Is there anything on there that I could take home and preserve in some way? Um, I've gotten a bunch of zucchini that I've taken home and made into zoodles. And then you leave them out for 24 hours and they dry so that they don't get all mushy when you freeze them. Um, and then put them in freezer bags and put that in the freezer. Um, I've, I've done applesauce and apple butter that way. Um, I've even done bananas and taken them home, the ripe bananas, and peeled them and put them in a baggie in chunks in the freezer. And then we can take those out and use them for smoothies and things like that. Um, so rethink where you buy your food. Are there any local producers of food like farms, farmers markets, orchards, um, you pick stands, any of those kinds of things that, that you can find in your area and even just the grocery store. Uh, what kinds of things do they have or what can you buy in a large quantity for a low price because it's the, the thing that's in season right now um, and then take it home and preserve it. So think through that. Be aware of um, the lost leaders that are in the ads of the grocery store and things like that. See what they have on sale that you can um, stock up in that way. So now that you have the food that you want to preserve, how do you do it? Well, you have lots of different options, but there's four main ones. Um, you can either can with water bath or pressure canning. You can dehydrate or you can use the freezer. So let's go through each one of those and see different things you could do. With a water bath canning, um, that's going to be for... Um, higher acidic foods things like fruits and tomatoes and pickles pickled items so it's going to be where the way you process your jams and jellies your fruits and berries um, in like water or just a simple syrup um, you can do tomatoes in specific ways as long as you make sure that the acidity is high enough um, sometimes if you're able to add an acid like a vinegar or a um, lime or lemon juice, you can get the acidity right where you can water bath it and not have to pressure can it. Um, and also pickled and pickled veggies and pickles in general um, are also really easy to water bath can. And basically what you're going to do is you're going to make sure that you have a certified recipe. Um, I highly recommend the Ball Blue Book of Canning to start with and get familiar with what should and shouldn't be done in a recipe when it comes to canning. Canning is not a time when you want to fool around with messing with the proportions and things of a recipe. Um, you really want to follow it so that you keep the acidity levels where they're supposed to be and there's no way to um, introduce bacteria that could grow and things like that. So you want to be careful to follow the directions completely and accurately and then um, be sure to process it for the correct amount of time recommended. So you can also do pressure canning with lower acid foods. So things like beans, meats, veggies, soups, those kinds of things. Um, so 
anything like that or sauces even anything like that that you want to process and keep um, they make really super simple quick meals um, and it's a fairly simple process you can also do broth with this um, I've been told it's a very very simple process and it's very very straightforward it is my goal that this year I will do pressure canning and I do have quite a bit of meat bones and um, veggie scraps that I would like to make into broth and so once I get done with the big rush of the harvest this is definitely first on my list for fall is to learn how to pressure can um, I also have several dried bags of dried beans that I would like to go ahead and can so that they're ready to use um, and I have meat in the freezer that I could also can um, the benefit of that is that you have ready to eat food um, and one of the things you need to think about when you're stocking food from a preparedness standpoint is having things that are easy to prepare you don't want to can things that are complicated to use you want to can things that are simple and easy to use that either can be eaten at room temperature or just warmed or maybe just add water to it and it's finished um, that kind of a thing so um, all of those things are really really good for pressure canning and this is the one part that I'm not experienced yet in yet but really really want to learn more about this year so then next up is dehydrate and honestly I'm a little slow to this game I have a wonderful gigantic Excalibur dehydrator that a friend of mine gave me probably 10 years ago and instinct told me to keep it it is gigantic you can see a picture of it in my Instagram uh, I actually posted it in my stories yesterday um, where I was dehydrating some cherry tomatoes but it's really about the size of an old vintage microwave so quite large but it holds quite a lot and it is an expensive model for what it is and so I'm so glad that I kept it even though for a long time I didn't know what to do with it and the only thing we used it for was for my husband to make deer jerky once a year so my, one of my goals this year besides learning to pressure kin was to learn to use my dehydrator more often and so today I set up a, or yesterday I set up a place for it in my kitchen and it has a home now and so my goal is for it to sit there for the rest of August and to be used as much as possible so you can use that to dehydrate the herbs um, to dry out flowers for the seed um, things like that um, I have heard from some different places that I've read that you don't want to dry out seeds in there because it affects germination I have not found that to be true as of yet because I did it before I knew I wasn't supposed to um, so maybe do a little experimenting with that do some that were in the dehydrator and some that weren't and see which ones do better um, but for me I've found that it doesn't affect it um, maybe I'm using a low enough setting I'm not sure um, but yes you can put herbs flowers you can dehydrate fruits um, to make um, dried fruit snacks 
or fruit that can be added to say trail mix or oatmeals and things like that or even yogurts um, and you can also dehydrate vegetables which is really really great if you dehydrate something like um, minced peppers and onions and you dehydrate that you could just throw that into a soup um, and it'll rehydrate as it's cooking you can do that with um, some of your garden beans and things like that uh, and have dried beans that will last quite a lot quite a bit of time um, so there's lots and lots of things that you can do with the dehydrator you can even get specific sheets that go in the specific model that you have so that you're able to make things like fruit leathers and things like that that's going to be on my Amazon list for this next month so that I'm using the dehydrator more um, is to get me a couple of those silicone sheets so that I can make fruit leathers and things like that so then the last thing that we can use for preserving is our freezer the freezer is good for pretty much anything you can put veggies in there like we talked about before you can put fruits in there a lot of times the best way to do that is to lay them out on a cookie sheet or something where they're all individually laid out and not touching much and you freeze it that way and then you take them off the tray and put them in the bag. That's how you end up with separate pieces that don't stick to each other rather than one large clump. Um, so especially if they're wet, um, that's something that you want to do. You can also do baked goods and put those into the freezer. Maybe you make cookie dough and you keep the tub of cookie dough in there and then you scoop it into balls and you put those balls in the freezer and then you pull out however many you want and you can have fresh baked cookies all winter long. That one's a little dangerous for me. I can't do that because I like the cookie dough even better than the cookies. Um, you can do that with um, banana breads. My daughter Amber um, we'll bake four banana breads at a time and she sells them to my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law keeps them in her freezer and has them for when someone has a death in the family or a surgery or a new baby or something like that. She has something quick and easy to bring them, um, for any of those kinds of situations. You can also store meats in the freezer um, the primary way I use this one is if um, I'm shopping the markdowns at the grocery store and they have meat that needs to be sold that day and is marked down much lower because they need to get it off the shelf. Um, I'll bring that home and go ahead and stick it in the freezer. Sometimes I need to repackage it for longer term storage, um, but it's always a much, much better deal. I had this happen with some link sausages not too long ago link breakfast sausages and it was like one of the natural brands with the nitrate free and it was organic and all that the higher end breakfast sausage links and they basically came out to about a dollar 25 a pack and they had five packs of them so i took them home i cooked every bit of them and i put them in a large freezer bag and keep them in my freezer and now I can pull out two or three a day and put them on my plate and microwave them and then I have that to go with my breakfast in the morning so things like that are still considered every bit counts it's 
you're building up your supply. Um, you can also do this with sauces. Maybe you make applesauce or pasta sauce and you're not right, quite ready to dip your toe into water bath canning. You can freeze those sauces or soups in the freezer. Um, sometimes you can get away with putting them in a freezer Ziploc bag if you seal it really well and lay it flat. Um, or you can get either freezer containers or you can store them in jars just make sure that you leave plenty of headspace to allow for expansion when it freezes uh, and then you can also just do extra meals maybe you put together some freezer meals maybe as you're cooking in august you commit to once a week when you're making a dinner make double and freeze the other half um, and then you'll have a good stock of meals by the end of the month um, that you can use in the upcoming busy times with school starting and the holidays and everything like that that is barreling down on us pretty quickly so now that we've looked at what we're growing what fresh food we can buy in bulk and how we preserve it what else can we stock up on okay we've talked about fruits and veggies and meats and things like that but what else is there? Um, as I've mentioned before, look for markdowns. One of my local grocery stores will do what we call yellow tickets, where um, throughout the produce and meat department and then the packaged meats, like convenience meats, like, like the breakfast sausage links and the lunch meat and things like that, um, bacon, things like that will be marked with a sticker that gives you a dollar two dollars three dollars off because it needs to be sold that day um, i will do a regular round through that store and one i'll look at their markdowns of their produce on the cart um, and see if there's anything i can stock up on there and take home and process and then i go through and i check for those yellow stickers and i will take that home and process that as well and get it in my freezer um, this week I went and found scallion onions the green onions already pre-cut in little containers and they ended up being about a dollar each which is about the cost of fresh ones but I don't have to cut them so uh, they had four of them I got all four I brought them home opened up a ziploc bag dumped them inside labeled the outside of it threw it in the freezer so now i have four cups of diced green onions to use in my meals um you can also look for either fresh meat like i said on markdown or you can buy canned meat um, i'm currently stocking up on things like salmon tuna chicken breast in a can things like that that um not only are they good for having as an alternate meat source um, that's quick and easy to cook um, in an emergency type situation but it's also something that's really good just in general uh, one night this week we had two girls at shooting club a husband working late and a third girl that was gone um, for mother's helping for the day and it was just me and one girl coming home pretty soon and so I threw together some mac and cheese and 
from some powdered cheese that we had that I was able to mix up the sauce. Boiled the little bag of noodles that we had because we buy smaller bags of noodles. And I was able to open up a can of that chicken and throw that in there. And it was just a super simple, let's give everybody some fuel and get them through the end of the night. Because most of them were coming in later and didn't want a big meal. And it was just really quick and simple and easy. So um, canned meat can be a really good thing to keep in stock. Also dry goods, things like rice or pasta, um, possibly cereal. Cereal can go stale faster. So um, that's something you really want to rotate through. Um, it's also something I'm having trouble finding um, when it comes to specific stores and maybe specific brands that we eat. Um, we're finding shortages in some of the stores with those. Also think about medicines that you take on a regular basis. Uh, we have cold and flu season coming up on top of all the other things that are going around health-wise in the world. And so now would be a time to take stock of what you have in the cough and cold department. Is it expired? Do you need to replace anything? Are there things you need to stock up on between now and then? And I would also add to that immunity boosting supplements. Things like vitamin D and C, elderberry, zinc, those types of things. Um, definitely recommend that you stock up on those. And any kind of toiletries that you use. Basically think through what could I do to avoid having to go to the store when it's cold and gross outside. Um, also stock up on batteries and water. Um, those are just the things that are on my stock up list on a regular basis and I get them when I can. For example, my husband has a CPAP machine and he needs to use distilled water in that machine because it takes out the minerals in the water. So purified water and even water from our Berkey filter is not sufficient because it still has the minerals in it which could cause a buildup in his machine. And so we need the distilled water. Well, everybody's been out of it for about four weeks now. So when I found some this week, I went ahead and got six gallons so that we have plenty. But I will continue to buy a gallon when I go to the store each time as long as they still have some. So those types of things are things that you want to work out in your mind and think through. What do I do each day? What am I using? Where can I buy extras? Um, so why do I think that you need to be stocking up? Well, the biggest thing I really want you guys to hear in this podcast today is I want you to pay attention to what's happening. I really feel like that the media is distracting us by talking more about COVID and the Delta variant and vaccinations and they're not talking as much about what is happening with our food supply system. There's been over the past year increased costs to produce food. There's been a decreased workforce because people were not able to work and now people are reluctant to go back to work. There's also people who are leaving their jobs because of vaccine mandates and things like that. And then you also have lower yields because with the increased costs, 
and fewer workers, they're not able to produce as much. And then you throw in things like the drought in the Midwest or the wildfires on the West Coast, and it really, really impacts the amount of food that our country is able to produce. So the food that is produced and the food that is in your grocery store, the prices are going to go up and shortages are going to be inevitable. Um, We don't have enough drivers to drive all the freight around the country to get things to where they need to be. So restaurants and stores are facing shortages because they can't get the deliveries in to fill the shelves because the companies aren't able to produce the foods and the delivery people don't have drivers to drive it to the store. Um, This is not going to get better anytime soon. If anything, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, Prices in food have gone up 2.5% in June and in July. So we've had a 5% increase since May in food prices, and it's predicted to continue. Um, So based on the shortages and based on the increases in prices that are coming, I really encourage you, while it's still this close to a state of normal, go ahead and set aside whatever you can and do as much as you can to become more aware and be responsible for um, taking care of feeding your family. Um, Just an example, just in the past seven days, Tyson Foods has closed a plant, um, a manufacturing plant that is no longer going to produce a specific product line. So that's 62 employees that are going to be unemployed. Um, For their remaining workforce, they have mandated vaccine Um, for all workers so they are facing some employees who are leaving the workforce because of that mandate Um, they've also acquired new competition because Cargill has um, just recently acquired two major companies Sanderson and I believe it's Wright Farms um, and those are going to be a direct competitor for Tyson Um, when you combine them both and attach them to Cargill, it's a much bigger competitor than those two smaller businesses were on their own. And so that's going to cause them some some trouble. Um, on top of that, they have said that their demand is outrunning the pricing. They have already this year increased their pork prices by 40%, beef prices by 15%, and chicken by 30%. And then today they announced that the CDC has recalled all of their processed pre-cooked chicken products because of a listeria outbreak. This is just one company, y'all. And things like this are happening everywhere. If you'll just open your news app or go on Google and just search grocery supply. I found 15 articles right off the bat that explained what's coming and what's going on with our food system right now. Um, Google Tyson, Google Purdue, um, Purdue Chicken. Just begin to be aware of the types of challenges and issues these major companies are facing. 
Um, Our food system has become so industrialized that only a few very large corporations own the majority of the food that's produced under all these different smaller company names. And so if these bigger, larger companies like Tyson are having this much trouble, it's going to trickle down to us at some point. And so I really believe that this is something that we need to be paying closer attention to. And it's something that we need to begin reasonably preparing for now and educating our friends and family about what's going on. Don't be distracted by all the other mainstream media. If you want to keep up with all of that and be on top of that too, that's great. But make sure you're paying attention to this as well. Because I think this is sliding under a lot of people's radar. And they're not even aware of what's going to happen. And they won't know that it's happened until they go to the grocery store and the shortages are there and the price increases are up. And then it's going to be a little late to begin to backpedal and prepare like they need to. So get on top of this now friends I also really want to highlight my friend um, over at this prepared life Um, I'll put a link to her um, account in the show notes Um, this is my friend Allison who is beginning a new podcast that's set to air anytime now in which she specifically talks about women who want to be prepared Um, And she talks about all the different ways that women prep and different challenges that they have and different things that they need to think about. Women are the caregivers of the home. We are the ones that people turn to when they need clean laundry, when they need food to eat, when they have things that they need. Um, And we need to be thinking of how we will continue to do those things for our family if these shortages and price increases come like we think they will. So I really encourage you to check out her podcast when it launches. So I'll put a link to her Instagram account in the show notes. Be sure to check her out. Okay, friends, that's all I have for you this week. I'm so glad to be back after two weeks off. Thanks for sticking with me. And I really hope that you will begin to see how you can make every bit count. Thanks for stopping by, y'all. If you're inspired by what you've heard today, the best compliment you can give me is to share the Funky Farm Girl with your friends. You can stay connected by following the Funky Farm Girl on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until we meet again next week, remember to bloom where you're planted. (laughs) 